0: And Harry's has the highest customer satisfaction in the shaving industry, plus a convenient subscription option that you can cancel at any time. Getting the best doesn't mean spending the most when you shave with Harry's. Get started with a $13 trial set for just $3 at harrys.com slash bluewire. That's harrys.com slash bluewire for a $3 trial set.
1: What these young bloods have to understand, that this game has always been, and will always be, about buckets.
0: Just attack the basket.
2: Welcome to Buckets, brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. My name is Matt Moore. I'm the senior NBA writer for the Action Network, joined by Albert Wynn. He's the analytics capper. Had himself a weekend
1: with Vizen. Look at you, Albert Wynn, the analytics capper. How was your All Star weekend? All Star weekend was good, Matt. I actually didn't catch all the festivities. I don't really do the All Star weekend, to be honest. Uh, I watched more XFL than the NBA this weekend, <laughs> which is crazy to talk about. Disgraceful. Yeah, but I did catch Mac McClung, which was awesome.
2: Yeah. Uh, look, you know, I there's, the conversation on Twitter is always um to be a little bit negative, and that's, that's fine. I think, like, for me, I used to complain, and then I realized, like, I was still making the choice to watch it. So, like, spoiler alert, I skipped the All-Star game. I like All-Star Weekend. All-Star Weekend's a lot of fun. I learn a lot. There's a, a number of events, and there's a lot of people to talk to that I get information about the league on, and I like going to stuff like – um, they have, they've, they have what's called crossover, which is essentially a jam session. That's where the kids can come in and shoot baskets. And they've got, you know, you, the players come through and sign autographs. There's a huge line for Lori marketing, which I thought was really cool. Um, there's, an, there's art exhibits and stuff like that. The culture of, of hoop is really awesome at all-star weekend love Saturday night. I've always loved Saturday night, three-point contest, dunk contest, even when it's bad, it was great this year. Um, just the whole energy, There's a lot of cool things going on. The NBA shows a lot of their tech stuff, which I like going to. There's a lot to learn there. I just don't give a shit about the game. I just – I've never cared about the game. I like watching basketball for guys trying to beat each other. I don't like watching basketball for guys being like – I don't want to get hurt and jog. Like it's just it's what makes the NBA great is it's the greatest athletes in the world competing on the biggest stage. The All Star Game is not about competing, so I don't. No, I don't. I don't complain about it during the game because I'm just like I'm not gonna watch it. But um, you know, I, I'm not even gonna get into the whole. You know, people are like, how do we fix the all-star game?
1: I'm like, let's fix the regular season first. Yeah, true like, that. Let's fix yeah. the regular season and then we can worry about the all-star game. What one wrinkle I do miss, Matt, is the trade deadline being after the all-star game. Yeah. There used to be so much tampering involved during that weekend. Now we don't get that anymore. Yeah, that's why they changed it. Also, I mean it used
2: <laughs> to I will say this like it used to get really awkward where you know everyone kind of wants to have, have fun and have a good time and like players even and the problem was like players that were involved in like serious trade talks would have to go meet with ownership like during All-Star weekend and they were, you know the players were like I just want to hang out um and it was really it used to be really funny watching like GMs kind of scuttle around each other trying to find trying to find places to talk like basically being like trying to how could I get to this guy's hotel room without being seen by media that I'm going to hang out with this person it was always it was just really funny um so On today's show, we're going to talk a little bit about the All-Star Weekend. We'll go over what happened. Um, We'll talk about the Clippers today. I want to go over your thoughts on that and the markets that are up at FanDuel for them. And then, as usual, we'll close with uh, who we bet on for the awards, as as it were, uh, right now. Let's start with just a a quick recap of All-Star Weekend. Uh, Brandon Anderson had himself an absolute, like, he just dominated. We did a draft for Buckets last week, and he destroyed us just destroyed us <laughs> uh in three-point competition he took uh damian lillard because of the distance on the starry shots i'm starting a petition to ban starry shots permanently because <laughs> they cost me buddy healed now like brandon was like buddy was the right side and we both agree on that like buddy was the right side buddy shot better but he actually but he just didn't make the the, the starry shots and those gimmicky ass named after this horrendous new drink pepsico has put out that cost me buddy healed um i will say you know albert next year when i'm capping this i'm gonna have to put extra weight on those stories like those long distance shots um they're a little you know they they're there's years where nobody hits them but that literally decided this one and i'm gonna have to basically include whoever is the best at those shots you know if steph doesn't do it again if it's steph if steph does it it's Steph. but you know, none of those other shooters like dame said after the game he's like well no i don't think it was an advantage all those guys can hit from that range bullshit dame i looked at the numbers you're the only dude that could hit from that range and wow. i almost bet on you because of it but i was like no there's no way that the starry shots would be the, the difference that's my biggest thing from the three point contest is next year i gotta make sure to take it take into account these ridiculous gimmick shots that they've added
1: yeah i mean and in the story that the, the distance is not that much further especially for someone like dame I, yeah. it's just a regular jump shot for him so yeah. he's practice practicing those t- type of shots in practice anyways
2: yeah um it'll be interesting like next year like i don't know if trey young's in it and he and trey goes back to shooting normally does trey like his trait because i there's not a lot of guys that shoot there is the only problem uh mac mcclung like we talked about the, the steam on him on on buckets we were late in terms of when we did the pod you know that that steam hit Tuesday and a Wednesday that he opened like way long odds. Brandon got a ridiculous number on him. That was absurd. Um yeah. I wasn't paying attention to the market. Otherwise I would have bet it too. You know, I wrote a whole thing about how like not to care about the dunk contest. And McClung did a really good job. Like next year it might go back to being really bad. But He was phenomenal. And honestly, I will say this, like Trey put up a good enough fight to where it was actually like some pressure on it. To me, the most impressive thing was that McClung pulled them all off on first try.
1: That's so hard to do. One attempt, one attempt. And for those who have been following his, you know, his high school and college career, he has about three or four other dunks that he didn't unveil. And I think a lot of that is because he wasn't challenged. Uh, Yes. Trey didn't make it competitive, but I think if it was closer, he would have pulled out dunks that are much harder to, to put down. But yeah, hopefully he continues to stay in the contest and hopefully, uh, you know, there's people that want to come up and, and mess with the king. We'll see. Jason Tatum takes home
2: All-Star MVP. Uh, Brandon had him as his wild card pick. Wow. At the very end. We all had we all like Donovan Mitchell better. Donovan probably would have won it if if Tatum didn't get off to a big scoring lead and then obviously went for it second half. Um not surprising ultimately like it is it's a little bit of a crap shoot with all-star mvp in terms of you have to be you have to get hot you have to be somebody that the guys like to give you the ball right um like shea i thought was really funny when he was like lebron didn't play any defense he just blocked me just that's that was the only one um but yeah, like phenomenal weekend for Tatum. Debuted his new shoe, got on the stage, won the Kobe Bryant Award, which I know meant a lot to him. Mm-hmm. Um, congrats to Jason Tatum! Incredible performance. Probably the only MVP he's taken home this year. Ooh, shots, shots. Um, I guess he could win Finals MVP. He might get All Star and Finals MVP. That'd be actually be a good question: is to go back and look at who has how many players have won All Star MVP and MVP, and then how many have won All Star MVP. MVP and finals MVP. Has anybody swept all three
1: most valuables? Uh, You got any other takeaways from All-Star Weekend? No, I mean, um, I I did watch uh, a little bit of it. I was honestly following the XFL game on Sunday night, but um, it was cool to see the stars come out. Luka's never going to do good in a game like this. Jokic is never going to do good in a game like this, but I did like how they tried to get Lowry the game-winning shot before Dame hit it. That was pretty cool. Yeah, it was cool. Let's talk about the Clippers,
2: because uh, the NBA season enters into its final quarter of the run. People kind of think like, oh, it's the halfway mark. No, we are we are three-fourths of the way through, uh, mm-hmm. and this is where shit starts to get real serious. Is starting now, is when teams are going to go in this week, they'll probably return to practice on Tuesday. And when they come into practice on Tuesday, a lot of teams, not everybody, but a lot of teams will actually put the standings up and be like, here's where we are, here's where we got to get to and like this is crunch time this is when it, and it gets harder because injuries are starting to rack up like nine days off is not enough to get everybody healthy uh and it's going to get pretty intense we're going to have a lot of coverage for you of the playoff picture starting next week on action network and the action network app the best way for you to track your picks but i want to talk to you about the clippers uh michael pina of the ringer wrote a big thing before the all-star break talking about Kawhi's play And where he's at, talking to people around the league, they were really curious about my thoughts on like, hey, do you think the Clippers can make a run? Like, can you figure out like what's gonna happen? And then on top of it, there's news today that, oh yes, Russell Westbrook will be joining the Los Angeles Clippers after a buyout. Um, that was an uncomfortable situation. And what I mean by that is it was very clear that the front office was not itching to get that done, that they were kind of like, we could go in another direction. But all of the players made very public comments about how much they needed Russ, mm-hmm. and were on Instagram pleading for Russ. Interesting. Don't know that it's a great idea. Don't know that that's a great. Don't don't. I love Russ. I I wish things had gone better for him late in his career, but I don't know that he makes this Clippers team better, Albert.
1: Yeah, from from my initial reaction to it, I was very bearish on the Clippers heading into the break. They were playing a lot better. They decided to start shooting threes. Kawhi looks like, you know, 90, 95% of peak Kawhi. Paul George, outside of the All-Star game, went 0 for 9 for 3, by the way. But outside of that game, he's been playing so good. And I was bearish on this team moving forward because they got a lot deeper with Eric Gordon. They also brought in Bones Highland. So I don't understand why you're bringing in another guard here. And I think Russell Westbrook, from a basketball standpoint, Matt, might fit, right? Because he's going to be... I don't even know if he's going to be starting or or off the coming off the bench. But let's say he he's going to play and lead the second unit. Even if he does start, he does have the ability to be that spark plug, right? He can uh, play make, he can defend things like that. But from like an off the court basketball thing, like I, I just feel like these players are going to have to walk on eggshells around Russ, especially if there's a bad t- a game or if he misses a, a game-winning shot or if he goes 0 for 4 free throws in the fourth quarter. Like, there's going to be moments where it's not pretty. And I think it's going to ruin that that chemistry where I thought, you know, that locker room was getting ready for a playoff run.
2: Yeah, I don't worry about the chemistry so much. Russ is, is well-liked as a teammate. Like, everybody really speaks highly of him, um, except for the Lakers, apparently. Um, I, I worry more from a tactical perspective, just of what they've needed is that they need a guy to set the table to get everybody organized and Russ can do that, but then to work off ball, to basically be like, all right, let's get everybody organized. Okay. Kawhi's got the ball. All right, here we go. Like, all right, PG initiates the action. All right. You know, Russ is an engine point guard he's a, we're going to yeah. run pick and roll and I'm going to kick out to shooters. And that's what we're going to do. And his effectiveness has gone downhill. Teams will welcome that teams will be like, yeah, i, I go for it. We would much rather you run pick and roll than Kawhi run isolation. His ability to work off ball is not great. Um, I'm assuming he's going to start. I, I think he starts versus how he wasn't with the Lakers. I think that was probably a big part of his conversation was like, I want a guaranteed starting spot, um, which is great for those of us that did not bet him for six man of the year. Um, and so I don't think this makes them better but like let's look at like the, the entire team. Like, you know, if it doesn't work, maybe they fade him to the background. Like he just, you know, maybe he just winds up out of the rotation or whatever. Some numbers to kind of look at from a betting perspective. FanDuel's got a, a in-season win total up on the Clippers at 45 and a half. It is juiced heavily uh to the under as we look at it right now on mm-hmm. FanDuel Sportsbook. The regular season win mark for the Clippers at 45 and a half uh, plus 100 the over minus 122 the under here's what I got my projections if I don't adjust them if I just say like the season the the record you are what the record says you are basically in terms of what my numbers have for them I come out at about 43 it's about 43.2 if I give them a bump of a point and a half to their power rating which I think is is fair given how badly they started where their offense is now having Kawhi back. Like I can't give him a full three point bump for Kawhi because he wasn't gone the entire season. So if I give him mm-hmm. basically a point and a half bump, when I, I look at that, when I break that out across what the remaining number of games is, because again, there's not as many games as people kind of think that there are, I still only get the 44.6. So it's a lean to the under, on that one it's tight enough that i don't want to bet that um i think some of the other auxiliary markets are kind of interesting for the clippers as we kind of like look around where these various markets are and how the league is kind of or the markets evaluating them there's a a number of interesting kind of like derivative markets here um you know their playoff odds are minus 1200 to make the playoffs, you can get a no on them at a pretty significant number at some books. I it wouldn't shock me if they wound up in the playin They're they're right on that bubble. Like the question here, I think, is is interesting uh, on the playoffs, because if we say Nuggets, Grizzlies or locks. And then we go Kings, Suns, Clippers, Mavericks. Right. If we just do Kings, Suns, Mavericks, then that gets us five of the six. And if they get into the play-in range, you're obviously live. They'd be a favorite. You could bet the, you know, you can you can bet them as a as a favorite there to make it out of the playoffs. What is your kind of thought on where the Clippers are at in the market and how to bet them going forward?
1: If anything, this makes me love uh, my Pacific division bet that we did last week even more. The Kings plus four eighty because now you're fading both the Suns and the Clippers. News, right? There's uh, a lot of positive and and hype around picking up Kevin Durant as well as Russell Westbrook and the, and the rest of the guys there. Um, but where I see this team, I don't think they're going to value regular season wins as much as being healthy. So I think, you know, for the last month or so, Kawhi's been playing um, games that we normally don't expect him to play, right? We, we normally expect him to take a couple more breaks here, take a, mo- a couple games out. But he's been playing all these games, and he's been playing late into the fourth, closing these games out. He's been great, like I said, 90 95% of peak Kawhi. But I think as the season is starting to wind down, I think they want to make sure that he's healthy, uh, which is going to be a really interesting dichotomy because they have to make sure that they integrate these new pieces with the core as well. So I think with all that unrest, with all the the question marks there, I would say I would fade the Clippers here. I think I would lean the under with you as well. I've already done a couple under bets today. I did the Warriors under as well as the Pelicans wins under. I don't know if I can do every single team <laughs> in the West under because they eventually have to win, right? There, have, right. there has to be teams that win. Um, but for the Clippers in a in a vacuum, I would say it's a good time to fade that type of excitement. So I like the under.
2: Yeah, the, the path for them I think is interesting. If they make it into the sixth spot, that'll be <laughs> – so there's there, the six spots are either going to be great or terrible. Um, yeah, it could be the Kings, and if you're the Clippers and you're like, wait, we got to go through the we got to go through the Kings, and then the Grizzlies, take that. Yeah, I'll take that all day. It could be the Suns. You know, it could be three six Suns Clippers, and that would be pretty intense. The uh, odds for them to make the play in the Clippers at FanDuel are plus three forty. That's an interesting one, right? Like, you can kind of almost do a little bit of a, of an of an ARB there where you can do the over at plus 100 on 45 and a half and then take them to make the play-in because I don't think they fall out. Yeah. It's a like, look, if you tell me the Pelicans, that Zion comes back after All-Star and they write the ship and they go back to what they looked like in December, in March, I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised if the Pelicans made
1: a run and got things back on track and stabilized i would be shocked why (laughs) i would be shocked i I think it's bad vibes there right now
2: i don't know i I think that they've mostly just been the injuries then there's like the warriors right who we've been talking about all this entire year and look if the 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 big thing here is that the warriors can't go on some sort of incredible run to the end of the season they're not going to go on like this this 18-2 close that's not going to happen we've seen enough of them to know that but they don't have to like if, we, if we look at the standings, the Warriors are at 29 losses. The Clippers are at 28. Like they just got to make a little bit of a bump here, a little bit of a run, and they can wind up squeezing past them. This is what's really interesting is like, if you told me the Clippers are in the Western Conference Finals, absolutely. They're not surprising to me at all. Oh, the Clippers yeah. got bounced in the play-in. Doesn't shock me a bit. No no surprises whatsoever. So yeah, I kind that... of wonder if, if, if maybe if we're leaning towards high variance outcomes, if maybe finding in the market – A two miss the playoffs bet might be the best one out there.
1: Yeah, I love that. And I think it's going to be very interesting. You kind of alluded to it, but the last five games, the last week, week and a half, I think all these teams are going to look at where the Suns are and then just plan accordingly. Because no one wants to play Phoenix, even though there's still a question mark, even though we don't know how Kevin Durant, Devin Booker and Chris Paul are going to play together as a trio. You still don't want to see them and you still don't want to especially in the first round and get bounced right. So, it's going to be funny to see these teams who let's say the Lakers for example, who are out are on the outside looking in, but they have to win every single game and maybe they do play the Suns, but it'll just be it'll just be an interesting dynamic. And they're on the West Coast so you can't really react to it from a betting perspective there too. So, uh it's going to be interesting.
2: How many Pacific
1: Division teams
2: are going to make the playoffs, top 8?
1: Oh man. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think two of them will miss it, so three of the five.
2: Okay. You think Laura, you think Lakers and Warriors are missing?
1: You know, I've been bearish on the Warriors. Yeah. Um, I think, obviously, if they get into a play-in situation, they're going to be a, a really tough out, but we've seen them lose in a play-in before. Um, yeah, it's going to be one of the L.A. teams, man.
2: Warriors, wow, this number is way shorter than I thought. I found a to-miss-the-playoffs number. The Warriors are only plus 200. There's no confidence in the Warriors. Like, that's a really low number for the defending champs. Defending champs. That's a really short number. The Clippers, for example, are plus 800. You can get plus 800 for them to miss the playoffs when they are one game above the Warriors right now. That's crazy. And then let me look at the Lakers and see what they're at. No is minus minus 200. Yes, plus 150. Yeah. Crazy. All right, uh, let's get to a little bit of a conversation about the NBA awards. Every week we do take you through where what we would bet right now if we were to bet on the NBA awards. Uh, I will often do what's called Rackham, which is I'll actually parlay these awards at FanDuel Sportsbook. It's one of my favorite things to do. And I'm going to put one in right after we get done with this as soon as I get a little bit of help from Albert figuring out one last leg. But let's start with most valuable player. The straw poll comes out late last week. Tim Bontemps has it. Uh, again, Nikola Jokic way far ahead, just dominating 75 of the of the 100 votes. Um, significant gap between him and Giannis when everyone was like, well, Jordan Bede won the head-to-head contest and so now he's going to be the number one. Yeah, no, I, like I said at the time, that was a good time to bet Joker because guess what? Recency bias fades once it's no longer recent and we're seeing the impact of that. Look, big lead for Joker. I think Giannis is live in this category. Uh, but what do you think, if you had to bet right now, who would you bet for most valuable player?
1: Yeah, we mentioned Giannis last week. Um, I'll probably have to ask you for guidance in terms of his injury report with his wrist. I know he flew to New York after the game last night to to get it checked out. If it's uh, you know more injured than we think, I don't think that's going to be a good bet. Um, it's definitely Jokic, Jokic to lose right now. It's hard for me to make a case for Joel Embiid, but... Um, you know, if we're looking at, if we're looking at Fando right now, right. Jokic minus 240 and B plus 600, third best odd Giannis plus 700 and Tatum way far at plus 1800. Luca's ba- basically out of the picture now. So if I had to bet one, I think the best, the best value, if I don't pick Giannis due to injury, is going to be Joe Embiid at plus 600. I'm not a, I don't love that pick. It's, it's one of those where it's a gun to my head. I have to pick something because uh. Jokic to me at this point is, is similar to a Jaron Jackson Jr. I think Jaron Jackson has the DPOI, you know, award on lockdown. And I think Jokic has the MVP. Jokic at minus 240 implied is 70%.
2: What would you give Jokic's probability at?
1: 70 makes sense to me. Um, I you, think, you, you, think you mentioned this, of- right? Because it's, it's not the halfway point. We only have 20, 23 games left. Even if he gets hurt, let's say he plays only 15 of those games, he's going to end up playing more than Embiid and maybe more than Giannis anyway. So, um, And I don't think that the Nuggets are really going to fall off in first place. So best player on the best team, best stats, unreal true shooting percentages, and efficiency numbers, I mean, as Jokic's, man.
2: If you like Embiid for MVP, then you should also be betting. You can't correlate them, unfortunately, but... You can't bet them together. I mean, you can't parlay, but you should also be betting Sixers to win the division. It's a lot. It's a big number to catch, right? Like the the Celtics are are two up on the Sixers right now with less than twenty to play, and the Celtics are winning at a a seventy one percent clip. So it's it's tough. It's hard to catch them, right? But especially because they're they're healthy now and coming out of the All Star break.
1: Yeah, but it's similar odds to and to win MVP is plus six hundred. Sixers to win the division is plus 650. So I would just choose one of those and spray and pray, I guess.
2: Yeah, I, I think, you know, I think Embiid's alive. Um, as far as Giannis on the injury, you know, they're they're doing additional testing. You definitely don't want to bet Giannis right now. You got to yeah. wait, like just wait to, to find out how long he's going to be out. They have to be cautious with him. They just have to. And so the x-rays are negative. That's good. The first thing you want to do is you just want to rule out a fracture. Um if he's got a sprained wrist, that could be two, three weeks, and that would probably do it. That would probably be the end of it.
1: And I it's, can't, like, it's shooting if... hand too, right? His right hand.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Um, same. So let's look at so we talked about this DPOI. Uh, it, it's it's Jaron and it's done. I don't even know. We're get we're getting into the man. Jaron could go down for the rest of the season and he might still win it territory. That's that's how much he's he's kind of ahead at this point. Uh, Jaron Jackson is minus one eighty. Brooke Lopez plus five fifty. Bams plus eight hundred. That's probably best value for me. If you mm-hmm. haven't bet Jaron like we told you to do several times early this season, <laughs> um, minus one eighty is probably still pretty good value though on Jaron. Like d- realistically speaking, given the gap between him and everybody else on these on these numbers is just nuts. As long as he as he plays the rest of the season or a high number of them. Bam can't catch him.
1: Brooke can't catch him. It's gonna be Jaron. I agree, and and thanks to our sponsors Fanduel. I think that's a an awesome number. If you look at some of the other outlets or or options to bet this award, Jaron Jackson's getting a, a a a a worse number for you. So at minus one eighty, I think it's good value. And if you believe in it, which we both have, and we meant we've mentioned this for like two months now, minus one eighty is a is a good bet.
2: Jokic, if we just parlay these three. Jokic, Paolo Banchero to win rookie of the year. Jaron Jackson, DPOY is plus 142. Mm. Just those three. You get plus 142 on just those three. Um, so let's go, let's add some more legs to it. Most improved. Jazz started to slip a little bit. Lori Market had a very good weekend in Salt Lake City, but I still kind of feel, and the, the odds have reflected this. Laurie took a bunch of money and moved into a, a minus number briefly. We didn't understand it uh very little buzz, buzz about Jalen Brunson coming off of no all-star appearance uh Tyrese Halbert and the Pacers are kind of in free fall Tyrese Halbert is now d- down to plus 5,000 sorry Joe Delara. Per- sorry about that buddy um Cam Thomas is up to plus 9,000 which is hilarious because I'm like guys Cam has like not played enough games <laughs> like he has not hilarious. appeared enough this season for him to be in this conversation um Shea's at plus 135 I have kept betting Shea through the dip I have just been adding him in parlays as we go along um I think it's Shay's to lose I'm gonna be curious to see if if this is one where I just completely read it wrong but I do still feel like Shea Gillis Alexander is gonna win this award
1: yeah you know I'm gonna take this from one of our buddies Jay Money but I can't t- I can't talk you off of that right Shay is Shay has been really good all season long and it's been a jump that um, some, of, some of us didn't expect because he was already playing at a very nice level before the season. And if you're looking at his numbers uh, in a vacuum from points, rebounds, assists, steals, and blocks, he's basically one of a kind. He's a one of one right now. Um, and I think if you look at the, the season records here, right, OKC is 28 and 29, Jazz are 29 and 31, basically the same record. They're basically tied. One thing I would look at with the Jazz is potentially fading them down the stretch. They are the one of the few undefeated teams in overtime, and I don't think that's going to last. You expect one or two more overtime games, which could be a big difference, um, you know, in in terms of finishing below or ahead of OKC. So I think the the winner of the the team award there is going to be OKC, and I think that's going to be the tiebreaker for Shea to win this award.
2: Okay, if we take the three and we add just Shea, we're up to plus 469 now.
1: Okay, okay.
2: Cooking. Six man, this goddamn award that has just absolutely driven all of this crazy. You won me over on this one, though. Uh, Malcolm Brogdon's minus 155. Norman Powell's plus 410. Tyrese Maxey, who's gotten a lot of buzz, is plus 410. Russ is now plus 1,200. Benedict Matherin's plus 6,500. I still think it's kind of crazy that, that Matherin's not going to be a serious candidate given how long he had like led the league in bench scoring. Like, it just doesn't make a lot of sense to me that, um, that math, like this should be based off of the historical precedents. This should honestly be like, it should be Norman Powell versus Benedict Matherin. But for whatever reason, it's not, uh, if we look at, uh, your scoring leaders in the NBA, minimum 40 minutes, play 40 games played off the bench, minimum 20 minutes per game. Norman Powell is your leader. He has played 43 games, averaging 17.7. Ben McMathrin is second at 17.5. Russ is at 49 games played. He's played more games off the bench than Powell, but is set to go ahead and, you know, probably be a starter the rest of the season. So it won't make sense for him to win six man after that, unless the Clippers bring him off the bench. That would be an interesting twist. Malcolm Brogdon's all the way down at 14.7. He's at 14.7 points per game four rebounds, four assists. He's got more rebounds than anybody except Russ and more assists than anybody except Russ in this conversation. Um, I, I still like Norman Powell. I just the, Look, the history of the award says the guy that scores the most on a playoff team wins it. So to me, I, we talked about the, the variance on the Clippers, which is obviously a concern. They could go down. They could really kind of toil. They could also make a run here and finish. Like the th- they could win the division yeah And if that happens this this conversation changes, I still feel like the best value here is on Norman Powell plus four ten.
1: yeah, Matt, Matt won me over on Norman Powell. and, and honestly, with these new additions, Russ, Eric Gordon, Highland, um, you would expect Norman Powell's efficiency to go up. And I think the fact that he now can really just specialize on scoring, right? Scoring and and defense. I think he's going to be even more of an effective player. He doesn't really have to bring the ball up the court. He doesn't have to do other things now with the other guys there. So I think Norman Powell's a great value at four to one odds here. Um, but it is crazy how Matherin is sixty five to one when he was, you know, in the top three, top four discussion basically for the majority of the season. It's crazy how long these odds are after you get after the top four candidates.
2: Okay. If we do Jokic Paolo, Jaron, let's hear it, Jay, and Norman Powell, we're at plus whew, 2805,
0: wow. one. Show me the money!
2: For what we think are three near locks to win the award. And the two other guys that we think are better. The other thing I will say, I'll bring this up on FanDuel. FanDuel will let you round Robin these. So you can actually just pair them together in whatever whatever combination you want. If you want to take those five and put them, break them into threes. And that way you've got a little bit of leverage against if you are not as certain on most improved like I am or six man like I am, then there's a little bit of room there for you. So something to keep in mind if you're looking to parlay these. Again, the reason that we've looked to parlay, I want to I wanna kind of speak to this, right? Because it's like the parlay thing understandably oftentimes parlays are bad bets like they just are inherently bad bets the reason i think the awards are a different beast is because they have to factor in more unpredictability than i think we do where you know well, what if joker gets hurt okay well if joker gets hurt in another 15 games he still probably wins you know just like albert talked about um you know, what about, you know, if if Norman Powell were to start some games, okay, what if Brogdon gets moved into the starting lineup because the Celtics start, like, there's all these kind of variances that that add in the, in these areas, and I understand the probability goes down as you're going across these things, but there's, they have to build in, I think, more unpredictability than we do. Like, Jaron Jackson's gonna win DPOY unless he gets hurt in the next five games. Like, that is it. And so, I, I, that's where I start to feel like these things, these parlays have number, have value. And it allows you to bet these heavy favorites in a way where you're not just having to eat the juice on it.
1: Yeah. I'm, I'm personally normally not a parlay better, but the, you know, the research that we've done throughout the season and the way we've analyzed each of these awards uh, gives me a lot of confidence, especially the three that we think, I never say this word, but the three we think are locks. Um, yeah. I mean, I don't I'm, use, but- I don't use that, right? We don't. Yeah. Action Network is not
2: a. Here's our stone cold lock of like that's not what we do. It's all based off yep. of probability. If you told me Giannis wins MVP, yeah, entirely possible. We told you last week we think Giannis there's value on him, but Giannis has got a wrist injury right now. Like yep. Joker, there's a lot of resistance to Joker winning three in a row. was like, why is he gonna win three in a row? Um, but like the straw poll is a straw poll. He's he is significant. He has a huge chunk behind him. Now I I made I try to stress this on Twitter. The straw poll having Joker at 70, I think it was 77 actually, first place votes, that doesn't mean that the gap between how close the voters think him and Giannis are is that wide. It just means that most of them went that direction. Um, The other thing I will say, though, is I did a lot of research on this and MVP, it tends to coalesce around one guy late in the season and one guy winds up winning the vast majority up to the lowest that we've seen in terms of the overall percentage of first place votes was 88 percent in the last like 20 years so uh, a lot of reasons for that all right let's go wrap it up for buckets for a monday hope you guys had a great all-star break we've got some more content coming for you on tuesday it's gonna be brandon anderson and i giving you eastern conference projections for the rest of the season on wednesday it'll be i'm sorry wednesday will be uh eastern conference thursday will be the western conference and then when we're back into it with games and best bets and all those things on throughout the week Stretch Run's here. My thanks to Albert for hopping on with me. My thanks to David Payne, our producer. We'll see you guys again next time. Until then, let's get buckets.
0: Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.